Good morning. It is wonderful to see you today and uh, to just to be able to be together, to worship the Lord together. Thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. And uh, I don't know if you spent any time thinking about it since I mentioned it, but those words, fa-la-la-la-la, who would think that those would, would be big words in our culture? Fa-la-la-la-la. La, 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 la. It's very complex. That song originated in the 16th century. It was a Welsh song, and it really was about New Year's. But it got a makeover in 1862. So it's been modernized. I just want you to know that. And it became what we know today as, as Deck the Halls. And it's, it's just one of the, the many holiday songs that, that we sing and, and that have become important to us and special to us. Um, but I've, I found a survey this week. Uh, 2,000 American parents were surveyed. And these parents all had children that were 17 and under. And these are families that celebrate Christmas. And this survey found that 9 out of 10 parents who are surveyed feel that it's important to share Christmas traditions with their children. They feel that it's, it's something that they want to be involved in. It's something that they, they want to do. It's important to them. My mom took this very serious. I've been told that my mom uh, listened to Christmas music year-round. And I'm, I've, I've been trying to kind of rack my brain and, and look for things. And, and I think even as kids, I think I remember us digging out Christmas music, even in the middle of the summer, and listening to it. And I, as, in, in, a, in a way of being transparent, with you today, I want to, to just tell you that, that my favorite Christmas album as a kid, this is going to really be deep spiritually now, was Captain Kangaroo's Merry, Merry Christmas. I know what you're thinking, why you're thinking, who's Captain Kangaroo, right? I know that's what you're thinking, right? Who is that? He's old, okay, all right? Captain Kangaroo's Merry, Merry Christmas. Little fir tree, don't cry so much. Don't shed another tear. I'm telling you, when, 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 if you think, if you think Captain Kangaroo is unheard of, that was Mr. Green Jeans that sang that song, okay? And, and Mr. Green Jeans um, was, was the kind of the co-star of the show, and, and he also sang Cracker Jack Christmas. Oh, Cracker Jack Christmas. That was really good. Then there was Santa's Other Reindeer. And, and really the song that I don't know why, it just really, it just captured my heart. And deeply spiritual, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Yeah. The other day that came on, my wife had music playing and it came on and, and she said, Kevin, here's your song. And I'm like, but that's not Captain Kangaroo. I, I don't hardly recognize this song. <laughs> my kids are absolutely mortified, okay? When I, I, it's great because with YouTube, you just go and search it and you bring it up and you play it. And the fact that they're mortified is exactly why I play that music. 
and I sing as loud as I possibly can. I'm going to bet you that, and, and I, I would ask for a raise of hands, but it's, only, it's entrapment because I'm going to be basically setting you up to lie, okay? But I'm sure there are some of you here that listen to Christmas music all year long. I'm sure that there's some of you that do. And, and most of us probably, we, we really wouldn't want to admit that we do something like that. And, and our kids, you know, I mentioned that my kids give me a hard time. If that survey of those 2,000 parents, if, that, if you surveyed the kids, they would say, oh, no, no, we, we don't need you or want you to be passing on the traditions of singing Christmas songs to us because it's not their, you know, their stuff um, from today. But most of us have a favorite Christmas album. We have a favorite Christmas song. Um, probably in, in the, last, uh, the last 25 years, um, 20 years, one of uh, the most important or well-known Christmas songs, popular Christmas songs, uh, was uh, written by Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. And you think, you know, we, we poo-poo that stuff, but if you were Mariah Carey, um, you made $60 million off that song by 2017. Just to show you, I mean, I don't think that whoever wrote Deck the Halls made that much money off Deck the Halls, okay? Even on the rewrite, I, I don't think that they did. But, but we think about, about music and the tradition of, of Christmas music, um, some of you, I know that in your families when you have gatherings at Christmas that, that someone sits down at the piano and, and you begin to sing together. And those, th those are very powerful moments in our lives. And Christmas music does something. And, and this morning, of course, I want to focus on what we would call the, more of the traditional Christmas carols um, and, and what some of those um, speak to us and what they say to us and why they are important to us. And I want to start with this, that first and foremost, they point us to the birth of Jesus in a way that, that not much else does in our culture. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. The star pointed the way to the newborn king. And these songs that we use around this time of year they point us to the real meaning of Christmas. They point us to Jesus. And I want you to know that, that Christmas, uh, is it, it really is a recent phenomenon in our world. It is not something that, um, that throughout the last 2,000 years has been popular. It has not. And the Christmas that you and I know and even romanticized about as children really began uh, in, in, within the last hundred years in, in our culture. It's not something that, that, that really has been around. And, and some of the figures and some of the, the characters were created characters that, that burst onto the scene even in like the 50s. 
And so the, the, Christ, the idea of Christmas has just grown, and, and the idea of Christmas is something that, that, that really has, it has come to encompass an awful lot in our culture, in our society, and it becomes hard to focus on just one thing. I mean, when you think about all that has to be done around Christmas, I mean, you talk about, about decorating your home, okay? Let's talk about the outside of your house for just a second, all right? And, and I want everybody, I, you know, if you're going to go and, and look at the lights, you've got to go see the Dunham's house, and you've got to go see the Salmon's house, and you've got to go online to the Marquette uh, BLP, and you've got to vote for them so that they, they win their divisions, okay? But they, I'm, I, they started I'm, a long time ago getting ready for this stuff. They put time and energy and effort into those things. When we think about literally the, the Chris, Christmas cards, sending Christmas cards, I mean, some of you are wearing wrist braces because you have written out so many cards. Some of you make homemade cards and you send them out for Christmas. Some of you shop hard for the right Christmas card. We put so much time and, and so much energy into those things. And none of them are bad. They're all good. I, I, man, I'm telling you what. There, there's a couple families that I know of. You guys have been making cookies. Nate, your family has been making cookies like there, like there is no tomorrow you guys have been making cookies. I have seen people have pictures of tables filled with cookies that they have been making. And I'm like, I want an invitation to that house. Okay, because that's a lot of cookies to choose from. And it's, it's something that we do. I mean, I mean we, we, I, I, we took our family out this last week, and Levi and, 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 and the, the, the guys went with me, and we cut a Christmas. And Amy, we, we cut a Christmas tree. And we, we, you know, I wanted to cut one. I didn't want to buy one that's leaning up against a, a fence post, okay? Let's go out. And, and, and so Benjamin grabbed his reciprocating saw, and we're, man, we're going to go do it. And so you get to the farm, and, okay, what's the deal? And they say, well, here's the, you know, you can choose from these. And I said, you got any? Cut your own. Yep, everything that you see way, you know, and he's pointing out, you know, over this farm. And anything you see there, those are all, and they were singing my song. Those were all cheaper. I was like, man, does anybody realize this? This is fantastic. And, and there's no height restriction. And so we go out there and we looked at every single tree. And finally, when we got to the end, we found about four trees. And we're like, any of these would, would really do it. You know, and you cut it. It doesn't look that big when you're out there, you know, in the dark <laughs> with a flashlight on the tree farm. And then you get and, and I'm pulling it. We get it back to, to the shack. Right. And we're going to pay for it. And this lady twice, she goes, that's a really big tree. <laughs> and, and it was like it didn't seem that big to me. But those eight footers that they had leaning up, you know, against the that, that wasn't just going to cut it because we got a high ceiling in our house. And so when we got it home, Benjamin measured it was 13 feet. <laughs> it was so big. We're having a hard time getting it in the in the stand. The thing is drinking a gallon of water a day. Okay. But we put, and, and, and then I got to get on an eight-foot ladder, okay, 
an eight-foot ladder to put lights on a 13-foot Christmas tree, and I'm four-foot something, okay? I'm, I'm, this, is, this is really hard, okay? And it takes, it takes time. But then we've got, you know, we've got the parties, you know, that we have to attend. We've got the Advent calendars. I know one family in the church that, that the wife loves gifts and she gets so excited at Christmas time that she wants to start snooping and the husband has a way to prevent this from happening. He gets her a gift for the entire Advent calendar. So every day when she, when she switches the, the, the day over, she gets a gift, you know? And, and that takes time, that takes thought in order to do something like that. But then we've got, and my wife is big with this. She says to the kids, I, I need your Christmas list. Send me your Christmas list. There are like Amazon and these, they have ways to create Christmas lists to send to your parents, okay? I don't, I don't, I don't make a Christmas list, you know? She, 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 she doesn't even ask me anymore. She knows what I want more than I know what, you know? And I say, don't give me anything. But we, we got we to gotta do our Christmas list. We got to take the kids to see Santa Claus, okay? And don't act spiritual on me because I've seen the Facebook pictures of your family, okay? Or your grandkids or you with your kids. I've seen it. I know that you do it. So we can't, we can't act like we don't. Uh, but we do those things. We got to hang the stockings. We got to play the music. We got we to gotta go shopping. We got to make sure that we have all the gifts. And then the hard part is wrapping those gifts, okay? It's crazy. It is cra- the, the amount of effort that it takes. And then we've got to make those special meals because we've got family gatherings that are coming We've got to watch certain movies. My brother and his family, for the entire month of December, they have a list of movies that they want to watch every day leading up to Christmas so that they get them all in every year, okay? I mean, that's, that takes time. That takes commitment. You know, some of you, you're like, we got we to gotta go caroling. Christmas isn't Christmas unless we go caroling. We have to take a tour of the lights. We, we need to... We, let's be spiritual here. We got to go to a Christmas Eve service. Amen. All right. Thank you. We got to do that. Uh, then, then we we think, okay, it's Christmas Eve. We're, we're we got we still got stuff to do. Don't ease up on me, okay? Because some of you have presents that you have to put together, okay? This seems like it used to be a bigger deal years ago, but, but it's still, some of you, you're up till midnight putting that stuff together. You are absolutely exhausted when you crawl into bed about midnight on Christmas Eve. You're, you're just, you're absolutely exhausted. All of these traditions, they're all good. They're all wonderful. But many of them, most of them distract us from the true meaning of what Christmas is. The true meaning of Christmas. Let's go to the music that points the way. How about the song Away in a Manger? It says that, that he had no crib for a bed. What that song really talks to us about is the fact that there was no room for Jesus when he was born in the city of Bethlehem. Luke chapter 2, verse 7, the second half of the verse, it says she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The Bible tells us that Jesus did not come to serve, 
He did not come to be served, rather, but to serve. Jesus was not born in a five-star hotel. Jesus did not have those accommodations. The Bible says that of the Son of Man, it says that he has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus actually said that in his own ministry. We look at the fact that Jesus can understand our weaknesses because he's been tempted as we have been. All of, all of these things, when we talk about the manger, it talks about a lowly Savior. The book of Isaiah talks about the Messiah as being one that we, we saw no beauty in him. The world saw nothing beautiful or anything that should attract us to him. And this song helps us to understand that we need to make room for the Savior in our lives. And all of this busyness fights against the room that we have. Because we only have so much room in our minds. We only have so much time in our day. We only have so many days on the calendar. And so we need to intentionally make room for the Savior. How about Hark the Herald Angels Sing? It was written in 1739 by John Wesley. He was walking to church on Christmas Day in London, and he was inspired by hearing the bells ringing to announce the birth of Jesus Christ. Glory to the newborn king. Those words are words of worship. Those words that when we sing those words, our attention is brought to worshiping Jesus, who was born of a virgin. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Those words were written some 700 plus years earlier than Jesus was born. That song says that God and sinners are reconciled. In the book of Romans, we're told that, that, we, that God reconciles us to himself through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. How about angels we have heard on high? In that song, angels appear to the shepherds. They're declaring that the Messiah has been born in Bethlehem and that Christ is the newborn king. Luke chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. During the Jesus trial before the high priests, they they demanded that Jesus tell them, who are you? Are you indeed the Messiah? Jesus said, yes, it is as you say. Those songs proclaim that Jesus was born as the Messiah. The first Noel. You see, Christmas is Jesus born as the king of Israel. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. The Magi came into Jerusalem asking Herod, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Herod asked Jesus at his trial, 
Are you the king of the Jews? Pilate placed on the cross a sign that said, King of the Jews. When we sing those songs, we are reminded that the angels were declaring that this is the Messiah. This is the one who was born King of the Jews. And we read in in Revelation that Jesus is the coming victorious and conquering King. Then there's that song, We Three Kings, referring to the Magi who followed the star. To Jesus. They brought gifts to worship the king. Matthew chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. When they had opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, The Apostle Paul says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Why? Because Christmas is about worshiping the name of Jesus because he is born the king. I love that song, O Holy Night. It tells us that the world is desperately in need of a savior. Think of that when you walk into a store and you hear those words being sung and you you think about what they mean for just a moment. Think of, of what that really means. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. It means that we are under a curse and that Jesus, the Savior, is needed. Think of that. The new covenant of grace has come John 1.17, it says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It's by grace that we are saved through faith. I'm reminded that Scripture tells us in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Oh, holy night simply reaffirms that to everyone who hears. And then one of my favorites, joy to the world really tells us that we need to open our hearts to accept Jesus as our king. And that through a relationship with Jesus, through this covenant of grace, God has broken the curse of sin and death. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the apostle Paul says this, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God gives joy to those who believe in him. And that word believe means to trust, to confess. Carols reinforce God's word in our hearts and in our minds. It makes Jesus' birth the focal point of this holiday. Lee Strobel, who was the author of Case for Christmas, he said this, God becoming man, spirit taking on flesh, the infinite entering the finite, the eternal becoming time bound. That's what Christmas is. Jesus taking on flesh, the son of God. Jesus wasn't created at Christmas time. Scripture says that 
anything that was created was created by the Son. That Jesus, he, he was, he is, he is to come. Jesus has no beginning and no end, but he came in flesh to the world, and we celebrate that on Christmas. Secondly, we need to, to really be grateful for the fact that, that the birth of Jesus is a source of good news, and these songs communicate that to us. And you know what? We need good news today. I don't know if you've been listening to the news uh, this we even this weekend, but there was a, a path of tornadoes that went through the south that they're anticipating the, the number of dead may reach 100. Kentucky alone was thinking that it may, there may be 70 that died as a result of this storm. It's incredible. Think of the devastation. We're being told in the news that, that Russia is ready to invade the Ukraine. That, that, that didn't mean as much to me until my nephew married a woman who's from the Ukraine. And I think, what would she be thinking that her homeland is, is being invaded by another country? In Waukesha, a car drives down the center of the Christmas parade and strikes people walking in the parade. Five adults are killed. One eight-year-old boy is killed. Sixty people are injured. Of course, we've been living in a pandemic for the last 20-plus months. We've, we've all seen the numbers. We know what they are. We need some good news. On November 30th, right here in our own beloved state of Michigan, in the city of Oxford at the high school, a 15-year-old boy rains down bullets in the hallway at his school, kills four, wounds another 11. I don't, I'm not trying to sensationalize the news, but we need good news. And we joke, we, we joke that all our Christmas presents are on a barge in the Pacific, okay? And, and compared to these other things, that's nothing for anyone, and, and we realize that. But we are ready for some good news. The angels appear to the shepherds, and the shepherds, the scripture says, they were terrified at the sight of these angelic beings. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That good news is not about the gifts. That good news is not about the family gathering. That good news is not about the meals or the cards. It's about a Savior that has been born. The good news is that there is now victory over sin, victory over death, victory over hell and the grave. The long-awaited Messiah has come. In Isaiah 9, 6, Isaiah writes, For to us a child is born, 
To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Scripture says that the shepherds would find a sign that the child would be wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. This, this message of the Messiah had been spoken of for centuries through the prophets. It was something that they knew was coming, but they didn't know when. And the angels are announcing it. The good news has come. And the Christmas carols that we sing this time of the year proclaim that truth over and over and over again. And I, I'll never forget, it was last year, I walked into Menards around Christmas time and it struck me hearing Hark the Herald Angels Sing being sung as people bought hardware stuff. How amazing is this that Jesus is being proclaimed? And finally, the, the, the message of this hope, these carols that are sung, they bring people together. It was 1914 during World War I. The war was six months old, but it was going to last another four years. I'm going to have the worship team come as I'm telling this story. It was about 10 o'clock in the evening on December 24th. There's a lot of first-hand accounts of this story from the Western Front, but British soldiers began to hear the sound of singing. They could hear the Germans singing Christmas carols in their German language. The British soldiers began to answer back singing Christmas carols in English. Then at one point during the evening, there was a thick German accent speaking English asking the British soldiers to come and meet them in no man's land, a place where no one traveled, filled with barbed wire, being, being literally blasted apart. Come and meet us. And it took a little while for the British to feel like they could trust the Germans to do this. But they climbed out of their trenches, climbed out of their foxholes, and both sides, the Germans and the British, met there in the middle. There are accounts of soldiers exchanging gifts. They laughed. They sang. Even a, a report of a a soccer game breaking out in no man's land, a football game, if you're going to use the European term, breaking out. And that became known as the Christmas truce. And it lasted throughout the entire Christmas day. Why? Because of those songs being sung. They bring people together. Maybe your family needs to be brought together this year. How wonderful to be brought together over the truth that Jesus Christ, the King, the Messiah, has been born. A German lieutenant recalled how marvelously wonderful 
yet how strange it was. The English officers felt the same way about it. Thus, Christmas, the celebration of love, managed to bring mortal enemies together as friends for a time. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. When we're singing carols, we are gathering together in the name of Jesus. A good friend of mine and former pastor, Jack Reisner, he said that this is the time of year when the rest of the world sings our songs, the songs of the church. These carols, they point us to Jesus. They give us good news that we desperately need, and they bring us together.